I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. We keep it burning. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined by the the one and only small but handsome uh, uh, E.T. See, hold up now. Put some respect on that name for me now. Put some respect <laughs> on that name for me now. See? Don't do me like I, I that. I was trying to put some respect on it, man. You ain't let me, man. But uh, E.T., uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, as always, along with my uh, Caribbean sensation, co-co-host, Young Carl. <laughs> sensation. What up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, Carl, do me a favor. Drop a siren. We got a new sponsor today, uh, GotMy43.com. Listen, man, most people are nutrient deficient and they don't even know it. They either don't know what to eat or they don't have the time and energy to eat the right thing. GotMy43.com is partnered with Harvard Billionaire to change the global nutrient problem. Each meal contains 43 nutrients we all need to live and grow well. See how they're doing this at GotMy43.com. They are simple to prepare and taste great. Once a customer, you can even join the free food referral program and eat for free. So shout out to GotMy43.com who's sponsoring the podcast this week. Thank you guys for the sponsorship. We appreciate it. Now let's get into the show. And as you know, we've been going with this in my tripping or and I got one for y'all this week. All right. And I don't know if I'm tripping, but it could be just me or it could be that. Yeah, something's wrong with that. So um, am I tripping guys or am I wrong for not leaving a tip when I go pick up my food? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not sure. Right. And, and, and shout out to, you know, the pizza joint. Around the corner, my wife, you know, she, you know, many of you know she's pregnant, got a baby girl doing a couple weeks, and she had been on this pizza kick crazy. So the pizza place, now mind you, the one she likes, they don't deliver to my area, even though I guess the cutoff is like two miles or something like that, and we live like 2.0001. So I had called them and said, yo, I'm, I'm really not trying to get out on a Friday night and go pick this pizza up. I would rather y'all just bring it to the house. But because I'm like literally a house away from their zone, they won't deliver it. So I got to get up, get in the truck, go pick the pizza up and bring it back. And when I get there, it's got a spot for a tip. Now, I'm trying to figure out maybe it's just the same paper they use for the delivery man to sign. Because I tip well. When you deliver the pizza, for sure, I'm going to look out. You came out your way. You know, you got out in the elements. You made it happen. You got it to my door. Thank you. I'm going to show you nice love and give you a nice tip. But am I tripping or I shouldn't have to tip when I go pick it up and do all the work myself? To tip or not tip? That is the question. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It, like, you I tip. Me? Like, I don't want people to listen to the podcast to think, I'm, like, yo, I'm cheap or, like, you know, which I am maybe a little bit. But, like, uh, not, well. yeah, I'm just saying, like, I tip well when I go out to eat with my family. I always tip over 20%. I tip the driver probably more than most people tip them, seven, eight bucks, whatever. But when I go pick up the pizza... And all you do is just here. Oh, CJ, boom, here. You like make one motion from the little hot oven thing straight to my hands. Should I have to tip? I, let me say this. I do tip. I do tip. But I will be honest with you. I don't tip to the same extent I tip when I get customer service in terms of, I, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm, I have a host 
or, you know, like you said, if you deliver it, but I still do tip, see, because for me, if the service wasn't average and don't get it twisted, there are people, see, who made some errors from the oven to the cash register, right? There's some folks that you get to the crib, see, and your stuff wasn't what you thought it was. Like, we've all been through the drive-thru. We've all had that experience where my man left the, the, left the bacon on my, when I specifically told my man, I don't need the pork bone on my bacon. I don't need that on my sandwich. And he still, you know, so I, I'd say if they still do a superb job, I do, I do tip as a gesture, but it's not nowhere near 20%. Nowhere near 20%. Well, I'm just saying, how, I mean, how superb a job is it to hand me a box? Like, who I'm, am, and I'm who saying, am I see, tipping? You right. know what I'm saying? I tipping you my man who made cook. it? Because yeah. if I'm tipping yeah. him, I'm, I don't know who I'm tipping. But I'm just saying, if I go pick the food up. Now, I'll tell you who really worked this system well, though, is P.F. Chang. If you ever pick something up from them, they, like, bring the bag, like, right in front oh, of you. Oh, no doubt. And they, like, load all the sauces in, oh, and they're having no a conversation doubt. with you. No and doubt. they just make it look so deep. Like, I'm like, okay, I can give you a tip because you're sitting here like a bartender just preparing my stuff for me, whatever. But when I, I don't know, man. I could, I guess I could be look, tripping Carl. If, if you had the pizza joint, Carl, the dude that's doing the order is the same dude that made your pizza. It's not like a chef. It, you know what I'm saying? My man made the pizza and he bringing it up to the front. I mean, it is what it is. It's only two people in the pizza joint, period. So one of them helped do something. Carl, yeah, I, see, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. See, I, I went to, um, it, it's funny because it happened to me literally like two days ago. I, I grabbed something real quick from Red Robin and literally we called like, you know, they're like 15 minutes and I get there and literally it was what you said. See, literally hand me the bag. I gave him the card and walked out. And I'm like, I felt I did not tip. Let me just say that for the record. Okay. I did not. Okay. But yeah, I walked out with that thought like, yo, was I supposed to give my man something? And then like, I started the same process. Like, yo, what did he actually do? Okay. So my man made the burger, put the fries in there and you just gave it to me. I'm saying I'm good cooking, tipping the cook. But I'm not sure that my man that just handed me the bag, like, you know, he didn't give me no service. And, and I, this one was worse because my man was kind of grumpy. Like, he didn't give me no, like, sm smile or, oh, you know, no thanks for ordering no or no it wasn't no, no real service with it. So, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, yeah, no, I'm okay. great see, service. She definitely hey, said see. have a great night. Hold on. <laughs> hey, 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 now I ain't, ain't trying to go this deep. And y'all like, oh, E, I always got to take it here. But you know what I say? With the same measure that you meet, it shall be met unto you. <laughs> so sometimes they be acting a fool. But for me, it's like, yo, I ain't even tipping for you. I'm tipping so I can be blessed. So I'm just going to be E.T. and do what I do, and whatever happens, happens. Well, I guess, man. But I, I just, I guess I assumed at the pizza joint, it's just the same little form. You know what I'm saying? It's one standard form for the driver and, 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 and also for the restaurant. So I'm thinking maybe they just didn't know how to take the spot for the tip off when you actually go <laughs> in, right? It's the same exact receipt paper. They can't switch that up. So I didn't tip. And I don't think I had, like, I don't know, maybe I had a dollar in my pocket one time. But I'm just like, yo, if I got to do the work, and I guess maybe I got a beef with this particular place because they won't deliver to my house. And I'm like, yo, ah. we eat pizza every Friday ah. night. My wife it gets deeper. It gets ah. deeper. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's a little, you know, whatever. your motive. Yeah, something in there that's not allowing me to tip them. But anyway, that was uh, this week's Am I Tripping or... Um, so I appreciate you guys' feedback. To tip on or that. not Look, to tip? That is the question. Yeah, no doubt, man. We got a we got a, a, a packed week. Uh, man, a lot happened last week that we didn't get to. Of course, we recorded the podcast 
And um, I think the same night, man, Prince died. And I know that yeah, was, um, yeah, yeah. you know, shout out to my boy Joffrey, uh, one of my childhood best friends um, who was, I'm talking about diehard Prince fan, go see him in concert all the time. He was definitely uh, uh, hurt by that. Um, and I think we all were, you know, anytime you lose an icon and somebody Absolutely. who, you know, delivered so much, e, you probably yeah. can speak to it more than Carl and I, I think I was, you know, maybe a little young for Prince. So I kind of got on the, you know, hurt him the late, purple rain, but, boy. um, yeah, yeah. Prince was an interesting dude, man, but, but RIP to Prince and, no um, you know, prayers up for his whole family and, you Absolutely. know, um, Absolutely. yeah, but no, we, we lost a staple, um, on, on a good note though, on a positive note. Beyonce dropped a visual album, Lemonade. Um, did either of y'all see that? Well, you know, my daughter, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. You Like you said, I'm old school, so Anita Baker didn't do a visual. So, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't right there like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but my daughter's a part of the Beehive, you know. So as soon as I got home yesterday from, because, um, of course, she dropped it while I was in Vegas, and then I went to Pittsburgh, shout out, uh, to the uh, Team USA contenders as they're getting ready to qualify and try to make it to Rio. I had to go to Pittsburgh to do that. But as soon as I got home, my daughter, I'm talking about, she is the one of the most um, uh, faithful Beehive members. And she knows my love for music. Dad, did you see the visual? So she started me off, of course, uh, with the uh, Trayvon Martin and, you know, family's tribute. Uh, then she took me to um, uh, another one. I don't remember what that one was. Then, of course, she took me finally to the lemonade stand. So definitely, right, see, right. I've been, I've been at. My daughter has officially educated me. Yeah, no doubt, man. And and most people uh, know that I'm a huge. Uh, bee, I don't know if I'm in the beehive. I don't know if I'm ready to consider okay. myself uh, a, a, a bumblebee. <laughs> but um, man, I always have been a huge Beyonce fan. And y'all heard me. Like I think I told the story on the podcast. I went and saw Beyonce in concert accidentally. It was a um, Avant Chico the Barge and Ice Cube concert mm. that Chico I went to. Chico the Barge. Yeah, you taking she me back? Open for Chico <laughs> the Barge. Tell, you know what I mean? And so look, man. Thank God Beyonce didn't quit after uh, she lost Star Search. Thank God she didn't quit after yeah. she was like, man, I got to yeah. open for Chico the Barge. Yeah. You know, and I think for real, as we go into this week, you know, one of the things that I look at is just like, for real, y'all know me and you know what I'm on and I'm on them levels. And it's crazy because you look at Beyonce and where she started and how she had to grind her way up the ladder. I just got so much respect for that. Now she like shut the whole internet down Anytime she does something, and I really do have to give her props for being innovative. I mean, who drops a visual album for every song? Like, it's just crazy the kind of stuff she's doing in, in the realm she's, you know, vaulted herself into. And I think sometimes, guys, we get used to seeing people with, like, huge success. And in our mind, because we might not be following their day-to-day -day moves, we look at it like, oh, okay, Beyonce just always been Beyonce. I just told you she lost on Star Search when she was young. She was opening when I saw her. I didn't even know her name. It was just four young ladies up there performing. I was in the front row, had no clue that this young woman would go on to be Beyonce. So I, I have had a, an appreciation for the grind. And I think sometimes people get stuck and we look at these people with ultimate success and they doing, you know, what, what they want to do and living the dream. And you get stuck on. Oh, well, that's just Beyonce. Well, Beyonce wasn't always Beyonce. She Absolutely. had to work towards that. And Absolutely. I think that's one of the things, even with us, 
you know, when we travel and we do these conferences, I'm trying to explain to people like, yo, our first check came out of a vending machine. Like, you don't understand. This is not an overnight success. It takes years of work. And so thank God she didn't quit after Star Search. Thank God she didn't quit after she had to open for Chico to barge or, or you know what I mean? Like, this is really a process, E. And I think people need to understand that. And I think the emails and the texts and the tweets we get all the time about being frustrated. Dude told me the other day he was frustrated and he had a glass ceiling. I said, how old are you? He said, 24. <laughs> Bruh. I'm sitting here like, what? So, E, can you speak to just the level of grind and tenacity that it must have took her, that it took us, that it took anybody who's reached a level of success to have to, you know, go through in order to get to that ultimate goal or get close to that ultimate goal? So let me say this, and again, you know, people uh, who are closer to um, certain artists take offense, you know, when you may not have that same, you know, total you know, admiration for the, the art. I shouldn't say the art, but their style per se. So I, I just want to make sure that people understand when I talk about Prince, you know, um, and there's no disrespect to Prince. This is like you said, see, I might be older than you guys, but I'll be honest. I was more of a Michael Jackson dude. I found Mike to be a little bit more kid friendly. You know what I'm saying? ABC, one, two, three. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, uh, you got to be careful saying kid friendly. I, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know where you was going with that. I heard through the mic, man. You know what I'm saying? You said kid friendly. You know what I'm saying? Don't disrespect, so, so, hey, don't disrespect the king, man. We don't know what yeah. happened. So. Yeah, so, so for me, just being a kid, I saw Michael Jackson as a kid. You know, he, 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 that, that's how I saw him when he first came out. You know, and much of his stuff, he's singing about a rat being or hamster. I'm sorry. You know, um, so that was my no, I introduction. Think Dan was to him. a rat, wasn't he? Uh, well, hamster. hamster right. All I knew was a rat at the time. So <laughs> wasn't, no ham- wasn't no hamsters in the hood. You know, what <laughs> right. it was a rat. <laughs> you know what it definitely hamster, wasn't no see? hamsters in the hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, it's a hamster. See, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, you know, but when Prince first came out, I'll just be real, bro. I was, you know, I, he had a different, you know, he was on some grown folk stuff. You know, and at that time, I wasn't really like, I couldn't embrace that, but I followed him because my best friend, Bob, Bob was a Prince freak. I'm talking about everything he came out with. And it's funny, me and B used to have that beef. Like, it was, I, was, I was Anita Baker. He was um, Whitney Houston. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson. You know what I'm saying? We just was, we, we just were just that guy. You know, but the thing that I loved about Prince that, that I admire, because we talk about us, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, but when you talk about Prince, you don't hear nobody name mentioned when you talk about Prince. Like, you don't, you don't hear that he had this mentor or he had these individuals that were responsible right, right. for his... No, no. What make Prince Prince and what make Beyonce Beyonce, Prince knew 27, could be more, but I heard he knew 27 instruments. That's like next level. He played... 20, that's like beast mode. And that's the thing with Beyonce. Like, you don't know what Beyonce is good at, but you know music, she's poured her heart, her mind, her soul into her craft. And yeah, no, I think, and I think the thing that, that, that you know, really, um, you know, makes me go wow about Beyonce is when you just talk about like mastering that craft and, and everything that goes into Absolutely. it is so calculated. Like, yeah. notice you don't ever see Beyonce doing like a bunch of interviews. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see her mm. doing like every Good Morning America, Today's Show, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Like, she's never really doing those kind of interviews. And so then she drops a visual album 
that I don't know may or may not be talking about her life. You know, there's a bunch of speculation now about their marriage and all of that. But all I know is she drums up the excitement for a project by laying low key and then putting her heart on the table when it comes out. So everybody's just on it. And so I just respect, you know, what she's doing with the brand, me being a branding person. Like I look at the brand and go, wow, like I said before, she was the first one to just drop an album overnight. Like she just dropped the album in the middle of the night, midnight, boom, out of nowhere. Here's an album, boom. And everybody's on it. And now I've seen other people try to do it since then, right? And so she's a trendsetter and she's constantly on the front lines redefining what it means to be an artist. And for, for those of you, you know, out there, you're an entrepreneur, like, don't get it twisted. I know sometimes we talk about these, you know, high level people and stuff and you say, how does that relate to me? But as an entrepreneur in your business, in your brand, what can you do to be different, to have yeah, that what's unique the selling proposition? See? So, hey, what I was going to add, I read a quote yet yesterday or day before and it said, the world wants you to be vanilla. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And when I, I kept reading and the, the author was explaining that we pick friends, we pick our communities based on people that are like us. You know what I mean? We got a lot of common values and similarities, but when you think of a Prince, a Michael Jackson, a Beyonce, it ain't no vanilla about them. They took whatever they had and made it so unique that they stood out and the world loves them for it. You know what I'm saying? You think about Elvis, you know, all the, peop the, the people that you would consider the greats, they're not ordinary. There's some about them that's just super, like, you know what I mean? Like there's some extra thing about them. And what it is was, they put that time in, like you said, but they did not settle for just being ordinary, for just being Absolutely. like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, it's the 27 instruments. You know what I mean? That's the construct. See, it's the 27 instruments. You don't have to play 27 instruments to sing. It has absolutely nothing to do with singing, but watch this. You learn 27 instruments, the discipline that takes. Now, I'm not into music like that, but the sounds, like it gives you a different, what do you call it? A, a different platform, a different lens a different way of looking at the exact same thing you're doing, but, but you're going deeper than the person who just can sing, that doesn't know instruments, that don't, doesn't know anything about that whole genre, not just one aspect of it, but the entire genre of music. So you can't leave up my boy Bobby McFerrin. What, what you just talked about, Absolutely. I remember watching some clips Absolutely. of Bobby McFerrin, and as a kid, I saw him on Sesame Street doing a couple things. But then I remember watching my man conduct the Philharmonic Orchestra. This is a, like a world-renowned orchestra. I'm like, yo, how'd my man get from Sesame Street to that? How exactly what he's talking about? He mastered music, man. So he could almost replicate every instrument with his mouth. Like, how you do that unless you, you know what I'm saying? My man can replicate drums, like everything with his mouth. You went all in. It ain't no questions that you went all in, of, you know, with everything on that, man. Yeah, no, and I think the common theme here is the passion and the love and the time that these people spent with their craft. You know what I mean? So they're able to make those kind of moves. Like you don't you don't make these kind of, you know, earth shattering, you know, trend setting moves without studying your craft. Right. So as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, are you really studying your craft to the point where you can be the first one to do it? I just told you, Beyonce dropped their album at midnight and out of nowhere and it just took the world by storm and then everybody started dropping the album. I think Drake did it. I think a couple other people did it where they just randomly dropped their album, boom, and put it out for the world and she set the trend for that. And so for you in your own life as you're listening to this podcast, have you studied your craft enough to know when you should make that move? For us, we studied the craft enough to know when we started 
This company, we looked at what are the gaps in the arena? What could we do that could be trend setting? Well, we looked and we said, all right, all the speakers who are out, you know, the big speakers, in order to hear them, in order to get their message, you have to go to their website, purchase like a box DVD set, it take three to four weeks to get to you. That's a long time to wait on some motivation. So we looked and we said, what could we do? All right, we got this new thing called YouTube, right? Like when Carl and E and I were together, let me just take you back to when we started. I remember sending a YouTube video to Carl and saying, can we figure out how to upload a video on this? <laughs> Carl, you remember that? I, it was like some, it was like a, it was like only like little stupid, little funny 20, 30 second videos on YouTube at that time. And I was like, Carl, can you figure out how to put a video on here? And, and you know, Carl, in the classic words of Carl, anybody who's ever met Carl, know Carl, famous tagline of all taglines is, give me a second. And if you give Carl a second, I promise you, he's going to figure it out. And so we figured out that, okay, let's get this inspiration and motivation to people faster and let's give it to them on a regular basis so they don't have to write into, you know, send a check into somebody's website, you know, wait uh, three, four weeks for it to come back, pop in the DVDs. We'll just put it right there at their computer where they can actually access it immediately. And so that was something that we found a gap in the system because we had studied it so much. We found out, hey, if we can give it to them faster, more efficiently, they can get it on a regular basis. Maybe people will start coming to us. And that's exactly what happened. The same thing with the mixtapes and the albums. We spent so much time with it and I spent so much time surveying the landscape to say, how come nobody really put any of this motivation with like music, like a soundtrack? Like, okay, let's be the first ones to do a motivational mixtape, right? And we took that chance and now I hear other people doing it, right? And so we're trying to set the trend and constantly be ahead of the game. So for you as an entrepreneur, I don't care whatever your business is. Are you doing it because everybody else has done it that way? Or are you doing it because you believe you can push the envelope and you could be the next to market with something? Because we all know speed is important. Getting there first is important, but you can't get there first if you're not spending, you know, just an insane amount of time with your craft. Listen to me very closely, see, because a lot of times when I hear people who listen to the podcast, you know, they accuse me of, yo, E, you didn't say A, B, C, D. You didn't say one, two, three. Like the concept was there, but you, you know what I'm saying? You weren't linear enough. Listen to me very closely. What are your 27 instruments? Bottom line, what's your 27 instruments? I was watching the concussion and in the movie concussion, uh, Dr. Bennett said, like, they were like, what did you study medicine in? And when he was breaking all that stuff down, I was like, yo, my man had like four or five masters, two PhDs. You know, most people get a degree, PhD in one category. That's it. PhD, they finish. My man C study all kind of stuff. So I'm saying, what's your 27, baby? What's your 27 instruments? I know you can sing. I know you can sing. Oh, congratulations. I know you sing. I know you a salesman. I know you a rapper. I know you an athlete. I know you a speaker. Congratulations. Now, where are your 27 instruments? Where are your 27 instruments? What are the things that you do? in your field to take your field to I know you're a lawyer oh you passed the bars congratulations you're gonna be a defense lawyer. oh you're gonna be a prosecutor oh whatever whatever your thing is I you know but what's your 27 and so let me tell you this too while I may not you know be in the beehive you know and all of that because like I said see I grew up in Motown I still listen to Stevie One I still listen to Patti DeBelle Shaka Khan you know what I'm saying I'm old school I still listen to all that stuff Right. Frankie Beverly Mays. I, I'm, I'm a Al Jarreau. I'm still, you know, George Benson. That, that's just my that was my air. The Manhattan transfer. That's my air. Right. 
But what I can tell you that I love about Beyonce, that Beyonce's done, that very few can say they've done. You know, few. Now, I believe, you know, Lionel Richie maybe can say, you know, he's done it. Maybe uh, Al Green can say he's done it. You know, maybe Sam Cooke to some extent. But very few people have been in a industry, see, or for those people in a specific group that were like making the top 10 charts. And I'm talking about was in a monster group and can say that they outgrew that group, see. She outgrew doggone Destiny Child, see. Destiny Child at one time took the charts by storm for years. That Like Destiny's Child was Super Bowl. Destiny's Child, uh, top 10 charts, you know, uh, rap, uh, uh, pop, uh, they on TV, they on people's shows. See, she already had a massive, was a part of a massively successful uh, 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 team. And then boom, she left that team and took off. Okay, so Lionel Richie was with the Commodores. You know what I'm saying? Like, et cetera, Blue Note and whatever. But this, she took her own brand, and I'm talking about went eons beyond Destiny Child, and I didn't think you can get no deeper than Destiny's Child. So much so when she did that Super Bowl a couple years ago with Destiny's Child, it was obvious that they was on there because they were her homegirls and because they had history together, and she was probably trying to be loyal, but they were nowhere on the level that Beyonce was on. So take that. You think you're doing something, whatever group you with now, you study it so much and you get, you become such a sensei guru in that thing that you start a whole new career. Unbelievable, yeah, man. No, that's yeah. No, that's deep, you, man. That's deep. You got your resume, see, because I'm hearing that again. No, I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> no, you hear it again. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Kelly. We're going to be all right. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Don't worry about it. We're going to be all right. Hey, we just going to start our own reality show. Chasing E.T. <laughs> oh, no oh, doubt. Lord, Chasing E.T. No doubt. Yeah, no. Lord, I think, but I think the point is, is clear, man. And I, I, I promise you, you know, I run across people and entrepreneurs and business owners alike, you know, and they always want to know, you know, what's that next level? How do I get to that next level? And I'm saying, for real, you have to be a master of your craft. And if you don't know your craft inside out, you'll never be able to anticipate that next move. Remember, guys, I talked about on the BU call Sunday morning, I talked about, you know, the greatest quarterbacks, right? And the greatest quarterbacks have the ability to anticipate, right? Something about the way the defensive line hand is placed. Something about the way the linebacker is like twitching his fingers that lets him know, okay, he's about to blitz right now. And you anticipate what the defense is going to do and you make your strike then. But you have to be one step ahead of the game. And a lot of us are playing catch up all the time, right? We're always trying to, what's the new trend? What's the new this? What's the new that? Instead of staying on top of the game and pushing the charts, pushing the envelope, trying to get to that next level, you're constantly playing catch up because you don't spend enough time with it and you don't have that one thing that you can just literally focus all your energy and effort on in order to be the absolute best at that. I said it, you know, before we talk about, you know, it's the difference between being uh, and nothing against like a doctor if you're just a general practice doctor, right? So they, you know, you go in and see them and they refer you out to a specialist, right? If you go to the doctor, your foot hurt. You go to your, your regular, you know, standard doctor. Boom. He tell you, okay, your foot hurt. Okay, cool. 
I don't even know why I got to go to him. I don't know why I can't go straight to the specialist because he just tells me, okay, yep, your foot hurt. Look like you got some pain. Boom, you're going to the foot specialist. And that person is the person who can fix the problem right then and there. They can take care of it, whether it be through physical therapy, surgery, you know, some cortisone injections. I don't know what it is, but that person is a specialist in that area. And I guarantee you, they will be leading the movement on the, the research on feet and everything else, you know, a podiatrist, I think it's called, they will be the ones to lead out that charge and really, you know, push the envelope in that certain area. So in your life, in your business, what is your specificity? Like, what do you do specifically that will take people to the next level? What, what area are you a specialist in? So people might say, hey, I'm a, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman. What does that mean, though? Like, what specifically inside a business do you do better than anybody else? And I think that's the problem that most people have is like, you're an entrepreneur, but what's your specific talent? What's your specific gift? How narrow can you, you know, put that focus down? And when you get that narrow focus and you get that one area and that's all you own you a chef and you open in a restaurant that's all you think about is food and how to prepare and how to build your company and your business you spend so much time with it those are the restaurants that end up being the biggest and best restaurants because somebody has spent so much time in a specific area and for most of us we just general practitioners right we just general like hey you come to us we yeah, you know yeah. we, we, we can do it all yeah. I do plumbing I fix heating and cooling I can fix your roof I can do your bathtub I can do whatever you need me to do but that person will never get paid on the level as somebody who has you know a specific talent and a specific gift that they do better than anybody else in the world hey you remember that um that TV, DVD, VCR combo. <laughs> oh, for I sure. Just, I, I'm serious. I remember looking at that and I was like, yo, I never want to buy this because if the TV part go bad, yeah. like how do you fix, who fixes that? Yeah. Like who fixes the VCR part? Who fix, like it's three different people probably that yeah. dealing with that. So I'm like, that's a device that you never want to mess with. So just to reinforce C's point, yeah, be very specific. Um, and, and if you listen to the podcast, he talked about the flying squirrels before. Check that out. My man's super specific. Like you got to be able to find out that exact niche. Like yeah, what you exactly have to be are you and I could and, and, and we talk about for real. We talk about being the best. And you guys heard me say it. He is like the best at one specific thing, right? Like motivational speaking, inspirational speaking. Like that is his lane. Like he is the absolute best at that. And I could be wrong, E. Carl, I'm not into the medical field like that. Maybe we could find out. But I think if you are, say, like a, a, a cardiac uh, yeah, doctor, you get paid more than, you know, the general doctor that you just yeah. go see. Am I correct yeah, on that? I could be wrong. Absolutely. You put right. another yeah. four or five years of studying on top Absolutely. of just being a doctor. Absolutely. Right. And Absolutely. so nothing against the general doctor. This is a bad example. I don't want people who are general doctors. Obviously, they're doing great work. <laughs> but I'm just trying to use you as an example to say yeah, when general. you have a specific area and what you've mastered, and people yeah. see you as the guru in that specific area, you will get paid more, more people will come to you, you'll have no problem getting clients once you can be absolutely specific about what it is you do better than anybody else in the world. And I told you, from now on, people hit me up, yo, I wanna work with y'all, I wanna do this, what are you a master of? Yeah, and I'm not trying to be deep, see, and I might not even be saying it right, but there's a specificity in being specific. So you might be a cancer specialist, but there's a breast cancer. Right, you know, there's a colon right. cancer. You know what I'm saying? There's a bone cancer. You know, so, so it, I mean, I, so, okay, here go a teaching point. Again, Eric's, I need you to be more linear. For those of you who try to do three things, you're killing yourself. 
Bottom line, you keep calling me or C or Carl saying, yo, but I got three things I'm good at. So you'll never be good at anything, right? Boom, boom, sound the alarm. Somebody make some noise or something. I want to bring a special attention to this. So, 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 so the adverse to what CJ is saying is you're doing too much. You, I, oh, I'm good at four things. You can't be good at four things at one time. No, you, you can be good it. at four things at one time. You just can't be great can't at be four great. things at Absolutely. one time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you might not be good. Some people <laughs> might not even be good at it. Right, you right. think you're good at it. So, so what we're saying is, so E, you telling me I can't do four things? Yes, you can. But not four things at one time. Yes, you can. Yes, you can sell T-shirts at some point. Yes, you can have a clothing line. Yes, you can have a record label. Yes, you can uh, uh, produce television show. Yes, you can uh, have conferences and travel the world doing a tour. Yes, you can uh, do uh, executive coaching. You're absolutely right, but you can't do that before you become a very good motivational speaker. That's so all we're telling you is, to, yeah, there's four things that you're doing, but what's the one thing you do like nobody else on the planet does? And don't tell me all four. Don't sit here and lie and tell me you do all four because yes, we might do paraphernalia, but I guarantee you that's not our bread and butter. And yes, we do conferences, but I guarantee you as of 2016, our conferences are not, you know, head above shoulders on every other conference in the world. But our videos, our, our motivational speaking, that's where we lay our hat. That's where we're willing to compete with anybody else in the world. So don't don't tell me you do three things well. You do four things well. You don't. You master one of those things and you let the others. Michael Jordan owns a basketball team, but when I say Michael Jordan, you don't say owner of a basketball program. When I say Michael Jordan, you don't say gym shoes. When I say Michael Jordan, you say one of the best NBA players that ever played the game. So what do you do? What do you do so well that when we say it, it's synonymous to your name? Yeah, and I think, and as you're talking, I'm just thinking of the examples of people even who have had success in multiple areas. Like you look at a Jamie Foxx. Yup, he had a, a successful, has a successful music career, has a, a successful movie career, right? But he got his start as a comedian. Like he mastered that. In Living Color, my man was hilarious. And he became a master at comedy and stand-up and all of those things. And then he eventually branched out into those other worlds. But you have to master something first or otherwise nobody's going to notice you. So even, you know, we talked about Beyonce. Yep, she acting. Yeah, I think she got a new like fitness line or something like that. But she started with singing. Like that was her thing that she mastered first. So we're not telling you don't explore any other passion or you know hobbies or anything else that you wanted to do we're saying find something you can master first and then all of those things will come to you so in two words see I'm gonna simplify it all the way down number one master number two leverage that's yep. it yeah you master Absolutely. it first and then you leverage whatever you you know whatever you've mastered then to do whatever else you want to do with it yeah no absolutely man so that's um yeah, I hope you guys take some nuggets out of that. We just want to make sure for real that people are understanding that for the, the people that we're looking at, it's no coincidence that they're having ultimate success and that they have been obsessed with their craft. 
for a long time. Like some of you just got started two years ago and you think, oh, okay, how come I'm not having this, you know, huge monumental success yet? And for real, it takes time. You have to spend time with it. You have to cultivate it. You have to understand that that's your baby. You got to raise it. And then brick by brick, that thing will get built. So thanks guys for that. Let's move on. Um, I want to get into the Ask ET segment a little earlier today, guys, just because we have so many questions and I've been getting a lot of people saying, you guys aren't doing enough questions, so I want to give the, the full allotted time for these questions. All right, so let's move into our Ask ET segment. Today's Ask ET segment is brought to you again by our sponsor. Thank you to GotMy43.com. Go there, check them out. A, a better way to eat, a better way to live. Check them out at GotMy43.com. We got a ton of questions this week on the Ask ET. E, you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay, good. Let's go. Um, let's start with Teresa in Grand Rapids. She says, hi, ET. Thanks. Love the podcast. I hate telling people no, even when I should. How do I overcome the habit of being a people pleaser? All right, you need to call Chuck Arrington, my homeboy, the master <laughs> of Shout no. Shout out to Chuck. The master <laughs> of no. Um, no, I'm serious. You do. You, you need to get in touch with Charles Arrington. Um, he is a genius, so if you can get with CJ at another time and um, get that contact information from CJ. But one of the things that Chuck taught me is that, um, yo, E, man, you don't have time for games. Like, you have to understand what your goals, what your dreams are, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And if, you know, those things don't line up with what you're trying to accomplish, like, E, you got to say no. Like, you're not saying no to the person. That's what Chuck taught me. Like, you're not saying no to the person. Like, get, get the feelings out of it. Because you feel bad about saying no. Like, kill that. No, 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 no. Th there's a principle, E. There's something you need to accomplish, something you need to do. You know, there's a goal that you have. And if the people that you're hanging out with, the things they're asking you to do, right? That if it doesn't align up with your goals, if it don't align up with, where you, where you, with, with, with like, productivity, you know, executing, then you got, you got to say no. And that's one of the things that Chuck taught me. And so I'm just being real. See, when I wake up in the morning and you call me and say you want to meet for an hour, yo, see, I got to, I got to be in the studio today. We're doing this today. I got voiceover work to do. Like, uh, I've got to get prepared for this weekend's presentation. Like, I got a lot to do. So, I, no, I don't have time today. And it's not, I don't like you. I'm trying to avoid you. It's not that. It's, I've got a schedule. I've got, I've got, I, I have some, um, um, some uh, uh, tasks and some milestones that have to be executed today. And so if it doesn't align up with that, then I, and I just can't do it. And T Chuck has taught me, you know, that's just one of the principles that he's taught me. And then Elijah, you know, has a, a book that he's coming out with uh, uh, talking about the power of no, you know, and how, you know, and when no is appropriate. And so I've just been studying people, see who are geniuses at it. I've been studying people who have no problem saying no, you know, people who understand the power of no and that you can't always say yes. You know, you can't be a people pleaser. You know, you, 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 you have to base your day, your life, you know, off of, of principles and not feelings. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I've, honestly, when I met E, that was something that I feel was one of your biggest kryptonites, E, was you were a people pleaser. And I think... You know, I agree with everything you just said, but can you speak to the root of kind of like where that comes from? Like, I, I mean, I've never really had that issue. I might not be as deep as Chuck. I saw Chuck tell a two-year-old one time, two-year-old was like, can you hold this? Chuck was like, no. I was like, wow. I was like, Chuck on another level with it. 
but can you kind of talk about maybe the root issue and maybe where does that yeah, come see, from? Yeah, I, I think, see, for me, it's a feelings over principle. It's a, okay, I don't want to let this person down. You know, I don't want this person to think that, you know, they're not valuable or they're not valued. And some people, when you tell them no, they, it, they take it deeper than what it really is. See, it's like, I, there are people who I don't call. Oh, he don't love me. He ain't my, me ain't, we ain't friends. Bro, I'm grinding. You know what I'm saying? Like, the one thing I respect about maybe you and Carl, if I don't talk to y'all for three days, it's not like a, oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want me in the company anymore. He doesn't think I'm valuable. Like, y'all like, he grinding. And so there are times people, there are times when you have relationships with people, see, who have low self-esteem or, you know, people who've had maybe some traumatic experiences that happened to them in the past, and they just take everything personal, you know? And so you don't want to say no because you try not to hurt their feelings. There have been people, E.T., man, what do you think about my speaking? If I told you the truth about how I thought about your speaking, you probably would never speak again. If I told you the truth about that album, so sometimes, see, I'm coming from a place of feelings and not principle. I'm not being honest because I don't want to break their break they heart or discourage them or whatever. And I had to learn through Chuck. Like, yo, if they can't handle the truth, E, that don't have nothing to do with you. And you're doing them a disjustice lying to them. I tell a story. I had a kid, man, in my house once. Uh, he spent the night. His father was from Africa. He's like, yo, E, I need you to watch my boy for me. I got to go out of town, take care of some business, and I trust you with my son. I'm like, no problem. See, I promise you, my man went two days without taking a bath. So I told my son, Jalen, who was two years older than him, I was like, Boog, tell my man to take a bath. And Jalen was like, what? Dad, I'm 12 years old. What do I look like telling a 10-year-old to take a bath? You grown. You tell my man to take a bath. I'm like, no, Jay, tell him for me, Jay, because I didn't want to hurt little man. And, and, and I promise you, I heard the Lord say to me, that's what you do to people. You don't really love them. Because if it was Jalen, you never let Jalen go without doing what's right for him. You never cut Jalen no slack. You never lie to Jalen. You'd always be honest with Jalen because you, you love him enough that you would even risk the relationship with him to steer him in the right path. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't cut Jalen no slack. I tell Jalen like a T.I. is. That's old school, right? And so uh, I realized, see, that I didn't love people for real that I love myself more than I love them, or I loved how they thought about me, or how they would feel about me, or how they would see me, that I didn't, I didn't, wanna, I didn't wanna necessarily, you know, tear up their image of me by telling them the truth. And so now, Chuck just taught me like, bro, you're gonna hurt their feelings in the long run if you lie up front or don't tell the truth up front, they ain't gonna do nothing but come back later, and then you're gonna have to deal with it again. So just be honest up front, you know, and let people know where it's coming from. My no, though, see, is coming from a place of love, not malice. Not jealousy, not anger, not bitterness. It's coming from a place of love. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons why back in the day I couldn't do it because I didn't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But I, I figured, see, you tell people the truth, you know, and it, and it at least gives them the type of insight and the information they need to make, you know, a calculated decision on what they're going to do. So if I tell you your, your speaking is not up to par, I might hurt your feelings, but I gave you two options, either to quit the profession and do something you're gifted in, or either make the adjustments you need to make so that you can become a, um, a guru in this particular field. Nathan in the UK wants to know, what was the very first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? Man, where was I at this morning? I'm sorry, see, I, I've, been, I've been all over the world, see, so um, I had to remember where I woke up. You know what I'm saying? I woke up at home. Um, I don't know, see, he got me, man, because I, I woke up twice. First time I woke up, my wife woke me up and said, you snoring. You need to get up out the bed and go get on the couch. That was about 1 o'clock oh, you must morning. have been. You must have ate late last night. I did. See, I got home. You know, I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get home until about 8. And, you know, I don't eat after 6. 
So I made me some grits and eggs. So yeah, I, know, I, I, was I, the I eggs cheated. Again. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey, as a matter of fact, she went to the store and bought them for me. She's <laughs> like, when you get home, I know you haven't eaten all day. I already know what you want. So, so that was the first time. But the second time, see, when I got up, like, and I got up to get up, it was about three thirty-five. The first thing I thought about was, what quote am I going to put on Instagram this morning? There were a couple of different quotes I had racing through my mind, and I was thinking, like, okay, which one, you know, uh, of the three. Which one am I going to, um, you know, going to post? And for whatever reason, I don't know, but I decided to post um, uh, the one that talked about, you know, being, uh, what, what's our guy named C? Um, he's going to kill me for getting his name. Uh, but our guy that does the uh, academic uh, coaching. Yeah, Cantus. Yeah, Cantus, right? I, um, I put up Cantus quote of the three I was thinking about. I was like, yo, I got to go with Cantus one on when you find out, you know, what you were born to do and then crushing it after that, that's got to be the one I throw up. Yep, no doubt. Shout out to Cantus. Uh, Derek in Atlanta wants to know, what question do you hate to answer? What time do I go to bed at night? <laughs> Why do you hate answering that? I mean, because everybody asks me that, and I don't think it's, um, it's as important as they think it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, like, of all the stuff you could ask me, everybody wants to know that. I'm like, it, I mean, there's got to be something deeper than that. You know, so I just get tired of answering that. What time do you wake up, Eric? What time? No. What time do you uh, go to sleep if you wake up that early? I'm like, how many times have I had to answer it? I need to start doing it in a different language, maybe. Okay. Uh, Deep, Deepak uh, from India. Uh, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. Um, he left a long question, but basically it says, what advice do you have for someone who had it all and lost it. I respect your story of being an underdog, but I was the exact opposite. Um, my family, everybody believed in me. I was always most likely to succeed, and I did for a while and lost it, and I feel defeated. Shoot, you got the, be hey, you got the better hand, young man. If you were already successful, I'd say go back, sit down long enough to find out what you were doing to be successful and go replicate it, do it again, duplicate it. And this time when you do it, be humble. Because I feel like, see, the only people who lose what they have are the people who are not humble. They feel like they can't lose it. You know what I'm saying? They feel like, you know, there's no way for them to fall off the throne. So I would say whatever you were doing in the beginning, go do that again. And the stuff that you did to lose what you had, don't do that no more. Uh, I felt like that wasn't deep enough, see? You feel me? But it was real. I felt like, you know, no, it was maybe it wasn't deep. It was definitely real. <laughs> uh, we got another question, and this person didn't want their name to be read, but he said, E.T., Respect so much of, of what you do, especially as it relates to marriage and your wife. How do I gain my wife's trust back after being unfaithful? Uh, it depends. Is that another podcast? You know what I'm saying? That's a whole different show. Is that another podcast? Or do you need more time to answer that? Wow, I, I just that's another. No, that's another podcast. See, I would say this though, like for real. Some people, like I got the type of wife. See, it's a wrap, bro. I just don't have a three-strike wife, one-strike wife. I don't have one-strike wife, you know. Um, Half you a, a strike. strike. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about a fourth of a strike, you know. But I'm saying, you know, so you got to know who you have. So if you have a wife that's like, you know, they're not forgiving. If you want to put the type of work in it, it might, and realize it might take five, six years to build your credit back up, you know, hey, go for it. But if you have the type of wife, you know, that is a forgiving type of person, you just have to ask yourself. You know, what what is required? Like, what will you have to do to rebuild that trust in that person? You know, because you built it at one point, so it can't be rebuilt. But it's like, man, sometimes, see, and I'm not I'm not discouraging nobody. 
But sometimes they tell you when you put oil in your car and you, 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 um, you like blow a gasket, they like, yo, you blew the engine. You might as well get you another ride. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they tell you, you know, it, 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 it's worth the investment to rebuild an engine. I don't, I don't, so I can't speak to your marriage because I don't know the, the, the details, you know, but I would say that's a long, to rebuild, man, to rebuild, it takes a lot to build trust in people, man. And to rebuild yeah, trust in people. a second to lose it. Ooh, I mean, man, a second to lose it, see, and rebuild it could be a lifetime. So yeah, I like no, to and I would say, I would say to my man, and and I you know I tell people this all the time, but like, like I think the first thing you need to do is fix whatever allowed you to be unfaithful, right? Because I feel like sometimes we get into a situation like that where somebody might have cheated or you know been unfaithful or whatever, and our natural reaction to try to like fix it with our spouse or whoever you know the person is that you were unfaithful to, you try to fix that thing rather than fixing what inside of you allowed you to cheat in the first place. Like when you get into a hole, the first thing you got to do is stop digging. Right before you try to climb out, whatever the first thing you got to do is stop digging. So I would suggest that you find out what those triggers and what those things were that put you in the position where you were unfaithful, and just x that out altogether. Because the last thing you want to do is build the trust back up, or spend a lifetime building the trust back up, and then let it happen again. So the very first thing you need to do is for real find out why you did it in the first place. What allowed you yeah, to get yeah, to that yeah. space? And, and I'm gonna say this too, though. See, for real, man, don't. Don't do it because you are hurt that you lost that person. You know, if you ain't ready to change and for real be a different person, just move on. You know, sometimes we like change because we lost something and we want to, you know what I'm saying, regain what we lost. There's a sense of embarrassment. You know, there's a sense of loss. But yeah, guilt. But like for real, if you're not really trying to be in that person's life, you know, and be faithful to that person and live that life, like for real, just... Just realize, yo, I messed up. I probably shouldn't even gotten that deep into the relationship. Like, I'm not even ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Let me just move on. Like, don't build it like C said. Build it back up only to tear it back down again. You know, so it's a difference to me, C, in being, like, getting caught in the first book, Greatness is Upon You, or second book, we talk about the difference between getting caught and changing. And a lot of us do what we do because we got caught. Like, had we never got caught, we probably wouldn't even change. Right, You right. know, but there's a difference in really changing who you are. Which is why people don't respect, like, politicians and people in the media and yeah. stuff. Like, you get yeah. caught on camera with some crazy stuff, doing something crazy, and then you come out with this heartfelt apology. Like, had you not been caught, you'd have done this for another five years. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of what you're talking about. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. But in this case, man, marriage is such a sensitive topic. And, you know, E and I actually had a conversation yesterday and E was like, yo, see, we got to get busy with the marriage stuff. Like we're almost finished with the marriage book. I believe we are finished. Um, just yeah, kind of picking the editing process. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. editing process, picking the right time to come out with this. But I do believe, I mean, E and I both talk about, and Carl as well, the importance of our marriages and how our marriages are you know, just a key factor in not only what we do professionally, but just who we are in general. And, and marriage is su such a sacred institution. And, you know, for the gentleman who's writing in this question, you know, I would say that, yo, after you fix whatever the trigger was, you, you got to work to rebuild it, man. And you have to understand that whatever gauntlet she put you through, you got to go through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, is she not speaking to you? You have to accept whatever the reaction is. 
right? You don't get to decide how she's supposed to react. You don't get to decide if she's, you know, okay, six months. It's six months and you still, I ain't did nothing wrong for. I don't care how long it takes. If you really want your marriage to be repaired, you have to accept the consequences that come with it and whatever, you know, hurdles and things you have to go through and jump in order to get back in her good favor. You just need to do that. You know what I mean? But the first thing you need to do is just stop digging. And so, you know, blessings and, and, and prayers up for you and your marriage because that's, um, you know, not something we take lightly, man. So it sounds like we need to get rolling and get the book and the tour going for the and, marriages yeah, the, well, ASAP. I know, the tour, well, see, if you don't mind, good. And, I, and, and, and I'll be cautious saying this publicly. I should have probably um, verified it with you before I got going. But I would very much see like to not only do marriage, but I like to do pre-marriage as well, because sometimes we get into the marriage boy and who we really need to be talking to. It's like everybody want to talk to high school, you know, and college. But for real, if you can catch a kid in elementary school or you can catch them in middle school, you have a better chance of them doing well in high school. High school is like the final frontier almost if you're going to go to college. So I like to also attach with that. I know we didn't write exclusively about it, but we did put some things about what a person should do prior to marriage you know, in there. And so I'd love to maybe do a two day boy where we do spend some time talking about what you do to prepare yourself for it, as well as talking to those individuals who are already inside of marriage. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Let's see. Should we take one more? Mike in Utah says, CJ, what is the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make when getting started? Um, let's see if for the, the getting started, I would say the, the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make when initially getting started is not knowing the market and not knowing what they're bringing to the table and what value. And, you know, for real, you've heard me talk about it before, but, you know, we come with an idea that's already there and we don't make it any better. Like if we're going to, you know, launch a business or a product or a service, right? We need to know what is the competition. The first thing we did when we decided to start this company is we looked at the competitive market, what's going on in the world. And then we said, what can we bring new to the table? If you're looking at the marketplace and let's say you got an app, you know, that does the exact same thing Uber does. Well, we got an Uber. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we don't, unless you're going to improve on the idea, unless you have a different way of, of, you know, having the service run and maintain and it's better or different in a way that people would be attracted to that, don't come out and reinvent the wheel. Find something unique. And I think most entrepreneurs make the mistake of, you know, not really knowing what's going on. E, remember a long time, this is a while ago. Carl, you probably remember too. I promise y'all, it was probably like a year, maybe six months after FaceTime had came out and somebody called us with a business opportunity and was like, E, y'all gotta invest. We got this thing where you could talk to somebody on the phone and see them through video. And me and E were like, okay, what? And praise God we had Chuck with us. Shout out to Chuck again. And Chuck was like, okay, I'm confused because I can do that on my phone right now. Like that already exists, right? And this guy was like, no, you don't understand. Like you can look at somebody and actually, you know, why you talking to them, look at them. And we were like, yo, this, this technology already exists. And no disrespect to the guy, if he listens, I don't know, it's one of E, you know, people from back in the day or whatever. But he has obviously has not blown up with the concept. I've never seen it since that day. But what he was trying to doing, tr trying to do, he had no improvements on an idea that was already there. So if you're getting ready to start a business, let's say you're getting ready to start, you know, um, a, a, a cake uh, business, right? And there's three businesses in your local market that are already booming, doing tons of business, and you come in and you don't have a certain unique space in that. And you, how are you ever going to cut into their market share? 
right? You have to have something unique and special about you that differentiates you from the competition. So before you even get started, the mistake that most entrepreneurs make is they just jump into something, they start it, and they wonder why they hit this brick wall or this glass ceiling or what have you, and it's because they never properly planned on the front end, and they didn't do the proper research on the front end to know what the gaps were in the industry and be able to fill those gaps. When we started this company, we filled a gap that was there in the motivational speaking industry, and that's how we created the leverage for our brand and to bring people in is because we did something nobody else was doing. So evaluate what you're doing and find out what you bring to the table. And then once you can see that gap, get going and go a thousand miles an hour getting to where you need to get to. So yeah, I would say that's the biggest mistake. Um, real quick, uh, before we jump into ET's nugget of the day, um, I quickly wanted to mention that e, we talked about this, Carl, you guys were excited about it. We are going to be doing a boot camp in July, our first time ever, um, ever. doing a boot camp. Uh, we'll, have the, we'll have the specific details out shortly, guys, but I did want to, for our podcast listeners, you know, put this out to you. It's going to be in July, uh, second or third week in July. We're going to have a boot camp. It's going to be a weekend long. You're going to spend that weekend with e, I and Carl and the rest of the team. We decided to do it up in Michigan. It's Don't worry about the weather. It's, it should be nice during that time. Hopefully no snow on the ground in July. But we decided to do it on our home turf at Michigan State University, guys. It's going to be limited seating, limited space available. Um, if you want some information about that, uh, e email info at etinspires.com. That's info at etinspires.com. We'll put you on like a, a list just so we know to you know send you the information specifically. But listen, guys and, and, and ladies, all the information that we've learned over the last few years, we do it at the conferences, but we want to sit down with you, you know, in, in, a, in an intimate setting for a weekend. We're going to be going in for hours and hours and hours each day on a Friday and Saturday and a part of Sunday. Um, just explaining to you some of the things that we did to, to advance our brand to the next level. But not only that, we're calling in the favors, right? E and I rarely call in favors. Like we've done a lot for people over the years and there's some very influential people who we've helped and we're bringing all the big dogs in, all the heavy hitters to talk to you about how to expand your business, how to grow you spiritually, mentally, physically. Literally, we're going over everything in this boot camp, and I'm super excited about it because it gives us, you know, time to actually sit down. You know, the conferences are great, and we have a lot of fun, and they're energetic, and people get a lot out of them. But we're going to be actually sitting down for a weekend for hours at a time and going over your business model, your plan, your back-end structure, how to convert traffic, increase sales, you know, your branding issues, your spiritual issues. We may touch on some marriage stuff. Who knows? But this boot camp is literally going to be a two and a half day um, just bananas event where um, we really try to help you go to that next level. And I think right now, E and I um, have discussed that we would cap it at 300. Uh, we feel like that's a good number where we can be you know, with you on a regular basis. Everybody can get to know one another. You have ample time to spend with you know, E and I personally discussing your business and or, or just your life and whatever it is you're looking to do. So be on the lookout for that boot camp in July. Again, email info at etinspires.com if you want your name put on the list to reserve a spot. Um, we'll have that the you know the the full information out shortly. But if you again if you have some interest on the front end and just know you would like to be a part of something uh, like that, hit us up at info at etinspires.com. Thank you again to our sponsor, GotMy43.com. Eat, eat right, uh, be better. You know, get your nutrients in. Thank you guys for sponsoring the podcast. You guys have been great. 
Um, just an awesome opportunity for us to have another sponsor on the podcast and a strategic partner to align our brand with. Thank you again to GotMy43.com. Go check them out. They're doing some great things. Carl, they sent us some samples, some shakes, and uh, you know, just some snacks and stuff like that that are healthy and next level in uh, what they provide in the way of nutrients. So thank you for that. E.T., hit us with that nugget of the hey. day so we can get out of oh, here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Carl. Yeah, got real some. Real quick, see, dog, just before we go there, man, we got to... We can't forget to shout out, man. One of the greatest opportunities uh, opportunities we get is to travel, man. And Bermuda Sea. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can't, yeah, 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 we can't yeah, leave yeah. that out, man. We we travel. And I, I mean, I hope we got a couple minutes to just share you some of the experiences that yeah, we had. No, quickly, yeah, no, quickly. Just put it like quickly, this, y'all. Sure, man. The I, best yeah. sandwich that we've ever had. I'll say it on oh, the record that we've ever oh, had in sure, our lives for sure. came from Aunt Mel's, man, in Bermuda, and just I don't know, it was last week, see. Yeah, last week, Art Mill. Yup, yup. Yeah, Art. Art yeah, Mill passed, passed away. Man. Yep. So, when, real quick backstory: When we were in Bermuda, um, we, we, you know, we were running around hustling, and we, you know, somebody said, "Have you guys been to Art Mills yet?" And we went to Art Mills, and when I tell y'all, the best fish sandwich, and I say Hands the best down. sandwich on the planet, hands down, we ever had in our lives came from on Art the planet, Mills, man. This and and just shout out to his spirit, man. Just a great dude. He took care of us. We were there for three, four days, and we must have ate there about seventy-five times. Uh, we brought. I'm talking about. We brought. It was so good. We brought back about ten oh, of the sandwiches on the plane. Had the plane yeah. blew, out. blew out. I'm talking about yeah. the whole out. plane smelled like fish the whole way back. And uh, we brought that back to the states, man. So yeah, he passed last week, man. Our condolences to the family. Um, you know, thank you for not only you know the food and to the man, island, just, man. It's a yeah, big, yeah, yeah it's a, a big loss to the man. island culturally. Yeah, 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 that's a staple. See, I don't know if you remember the, the 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 events that happened. We were literally heading to the airport at the radio station. I just got to share this quick story. Uh, we are literally heading to the airport. Our flight is probably like an hour and a half. We're doing our last interview on the radio station, and um, we like you know, let's just try to get a sandwich real quick. What time they open? I think they didn't open till whatever time. I don't remember. It might have been a detail. Sunday or something. It was a Sunday, and they didn't open till like maybe another hour or something. So there's no way possible, man. They heard on the radio station we leaving. Man, Art called his family, whoever, his staff. They got in there and they made us. I mean, uh, I mean, we had like bags of sandwiches, man. They made it, got it to us. And we went to the airport. Probably one of the best flights we ever had. Ever. Ever had. Ever. But, yeah, man, just that spirit, you know, just, man, just just want to shout out, you know, our condolences yeah. to his family, like he said, to the island, on, you know, as a whole. Yeah, man, we our prayers are with you guys. Yeah, no doubt, man. Shout out to Art Mill and uh, everybody over there in Bermuda, man, for rocking with us. They've been great. That was actually, if you read the book, one of E's first major speaking engagements was in Bermuda. So I know they hold a special place in your heart. And, um, man, condolences and prayers up to the fam. All right. On that note. Oh, also, let me mention Phoenix. I guess we got a, uh, we got a couple weeks before Phoenix. That's May on the 14th. 14th. Yep. yep. So check us out in Phoenix. If you can get to the Phoenix area, it's going to be crazy. We went there before a couple years ago, and it was on fire. We're going to take hey, it to the a, venue, a whole other level this Did time. Did you see the venue, see? I saw the, the venue. Western Resort. Oh, I saw the venue. It's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, I'm it's going down. It's going and down. And a massage. Man. Yeah, it's I'm going down in Phoenix. So May by 14th. my own masseuse. Yep, May 14th. Check that out. Um, etinspires.com. You can get your tickets there. All right, E. Uh, we got. I got stuff to do, man. I got. I got to work. So 
Get us out of here with a strong nugget I've of the day, grinding. man. Get us, I've get been us out of here on a strong nugget of the day. L- listen to me for real, man. Come on, listen to me, guys. I need you to get locked in, get focused, all right? Look, you don't need permission to do something great. All right, hear me. You don't. And some of y'all mad respectful, and I love y'all. Some of y'all, y'all good people. You know you good people. You do right by people. But your problem is you're still waiting on that phone call. You're still waiting on your coach. You're still waiting on your professor, on your mentor. You're still waiting. Look, to be great, you don't need nobody's permission, y'all. We didn't get nobody permission to do TGIM. We didn't get nobody permission to start putting stuff up on Instagram every day, YouTube, Facebook. We didn't get nobody permission, right? So do me a favor. You just need persistence to create greatness. You just need to get up every day and give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to be great. Give yourself permission to grind. Give yourself permission to keep going. Give yourself permission to do it. Don't stop, don't stop, keep going. So it's your boy E.T. saying, you ain't gotta wait on nobody to give you no grant. You don't gotta wait for the government to okay it. You don't have to wait for the FDA to approve it. You don't, you, listen to me, you don't, you don't need nobody permission. You don't need your parents' permission. It would be good to have their blessings. It would be good to have your mentor's blessings. But you don't need nobody's permission. All you think you got to do is look in the mirror, look at that person in the mirror and say, you have my permission to be great. You have my permission to do what nobody has ever done. You have my permission to be what you've been called to be. Walk like you've been called to walk. Live like you've been called to live. Come on. You have my permission to walk on water. You have my permission to be bold and beautiful and powerful. It's already been given to you. Give yourself permission to be great. It's your boy E.T. saying make the rest of your life the best of your life. Thanks, guys. You got my permission to go on iTunes and leave us a review. Go on and leave them reviews, man. We over 300 now. We read each and every one of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go write that review. We out of here. We'll see you next week. right now don't you worry about when you get home you make this you concentrate on this opportunity you don't worry about tomorrow you concentrate on